your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the TV for our first show ever. Put your hands together. 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 Put your hands You came to the show, you came to the first show, you, you're snuggled up, how are you doing? I want to shake everybody, this is going to take a while, this is most of the show, most of the show is this, everybody just kind of lean in, we're going to be friends soon, I know uh, some of you don't yet know me, but I, I, pre- I can look in your eyes and see uh, your hearts, and I, and I understand who you are as pe- it's great to see you, Los Angeles! And specifically, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater therein. We are so happy you guys came out tonight. Um, I'm so happy. I'm like, whew, I need to catch my breath. Do you understand what a big night this is for me personally? I want to thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, I just, I moved to uh, this, this little city. Oh, I'm Cameron Esposito. That's my, I'm high. It's high. Nice to, uh, I have a stupid haircut, but I love it. <laughs> and don't you take it away from me. Uh, this side is short, and that's uh, where I keep my long <laughs> pace on this side. <laughs> Some people ask me, Cameron, why you keep that long piece so long? Why you keep that long piece so long? <laughs> that's easy. This is how I get things done for me. This part of my hair. I'll give you an example. Hang on. Oh my God. This mattress is so heavy. <laughs> is there any way you could carry it? <laughs> And then when the mattress is in the apartment, bam! You know, just a degenerate son out of there. I'm a giant lesbian. I'm a huge lesbian. Well, no, my gayness is huge, but I'm, I'm small. But I have a huge gayness. And I'm a small person with a huge gayness. We're so happy to be given this opportunity by uh, UCB. You should clap it up for them. You should clap it up for UCB. Taking a chance on myself and Ryan Meneman from A Special Thing Records. We're so happy to be here. You know, this is the old comedy bang-bang spot, so that's kind of a... It's not any pressure, I've, but I have changed my shirt seven times today. I feel sweaty in my... My crotch is sweaty, but don't look at it. Now that I said that, you're all looking... And then my pants are tight anyway. Plus, this zipper only goes halfway up, but it's not... I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, it's like, they're on, okay? Does anyone stressed out? My, they're on all the way. My pants are on. Um, don't get worried about it! We got a great show, and we are recording it, which is really cool. Some of the comics here tonight will be on our podcast that you guys will be able to. You'll be able to go home and and then re-experience your own dreams. Uh, those of you that saw Les Mis, you know that Anne Hathaway's uh, beautiful two and a half minutes that make the entire movie worth watching, and perhaps is the best thing that's ever happened from a woman's face. You can't find that on the internet, but you can find this on the internet. This is our. We dreamed a dream, and this is it. And our lives aren't even that terrible, because we're doing it. We're fine. We're okay. 
Uh, and you guys are fine too, and I'm sorry for her, honestly. Now that I think about that, it was a little bit mean to kind of put down somebody in that position in the, in her, the way her character was in that scene in the movie. And, I, and then I just went ahead and kind of s- smashed her down even further. So don't feel, don't feel weird about it. But we also have some great guests that are dropping in tonight to do some sets. Uh, maybe, maybe should I just, should we just, uh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it, actually. Because I was going to do the announcement at the top of who's here. Well, do you want to hear who's here now, or do you want it to be a surprise? Okay, all right. All right. I listen and I can adapt. I'm not going to say anything, except right before each performer comes up, and then I'll say their name specifically. But I did move here a couple months, well, how many months ago? Four months ago? You are a weird city, LA. I love you, but you're weird. Where are your people? Where are the people in this city? Where do you keep your people? Do you understand? Where are they? When you walk in this, there's no people. Where are the people? I don't, I don't know where the people are. That's one thing. Number two, how do you keep your shirts so baggy and tight? How are your shirts baggy and tight? At the same time, how can you be wearing a loose, gauzy tank top that's so form-fitting? Why do you have a scarf on and pants? But then a short sleeve, just wear like one long sleeve thing. You wouldn't have to wear it. I mentioned Anne Hathaway earlier, and being somebody from the Midwest, I'm not used to seeing, uh, I'm not used to seeing celebrities larger than Peter Sagal. And hey, he's a pretty fucking huge celebrity. But I, I've seen him several times. Uh, but like when I moved here, I was just seated. Dur- I was actually seated at a restaurant next to Anne Hathaway, like that person who I just mentioned from the movies. And she was sitting next to me, and my sister was with me, and she said, uh, "Hey, Cameron." Uh, was that first movie that she was in that's And I said, The Princess Diaries! Like that loud. Like I was so excited. I couldn't, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. She didn't even look over. And her neck is as swan-like as you would imagine. I'll also add. But she didn't even look over. At the moment, I felt super gauche and like uncouth and like my jean jacket was bagging right off my shoulders. I didn't feel like the cool guy that I usually am. Uh, but then now that I look back, that was maybe a fine reaction. Like maybe, maybe it's not, you know, like, Maybe we just need to purge it. Like, if Anne Hathaway is sitting next to you, maybe I should just be like, The Princess Diaries! And then somebody else will be like, The Devil Wears Prada! And then another person will just be like, The Dark Knight Rise! And we just keep going like an oral IMDB. Until we've all gotten out of our fucking system so we can relax and eat our muscles! <laughs> I did learn something from that interaction. Uh, a couple weeks after that, after, after, uh, really not looking super Hollywood. Uh, I was at a show and Christina Hendricks was in the audience. Do you guys know who that is? She's, she's Joan from the television show Mad Men. Like, she's, I mean, we can just stop making women because she exists. Like, we've already done it. We've already done it. Like, that's just, if there's like a triangle of women fighting to the top of this pyramid of like, who's the best woman? She's already at the top. Just like, I'm, here I am, guy. Like, she's already... She took the bus up to the Griffith Observatory and you've been walking. Nailing my local references, guys. Nailing my local references. And if she's taking any bus, I hope it is the Rasta bus. And if there's anybody here that actually gets that joke, what is that? What is the Rasta bus? It's always going up to Griffith Observatory. I don't know what they're doing. I do know what they're doing, actually. But why are they doing it there? It's weird. It seems strange. I get that it's a beautiful vantage point. I don't understand anything else about that. But hey, Ja... You know, job less. 
jobless. Um, so Christina Hendricks, she was sitting in the audience, and I thought to myself, listen, uh, Esposito, chill it out, you know? Just, you're both in the business. <laughs> Get up there, tell some jokes. If she's still around afterwards, you can just go up to her and be like, listen, I'm a fan of your work, you know, and, and you know, you did a great job. And, and that's actually what I ended up doing. Like, I went up on stage, I told jokes, and I was uh, pretty charming and charismatic. And then <laughs> afterwards, she was still around. Oh, can I just also add this? Like, this is how much of a woman Christina Hendricks was. The night that I saw her, she was just wearing a muumuu. Because you figure it out. Like, you... Like, the burden's on you to find her perfect female form. Like, I'm going to wear a sheet. So she's perfect. So I went up to her and I said, uh, I said, hey, I just want you to know, I think you're an amazing actor and, and I'm a huge fan of your work. And she said, oh my God, you were really funny. You were really funny. Is, can I get you a drink? You guys... <laughs> Five years ago, for no discernible reason, I decided to start training myself to drink whiskey. First, I started by putting on a little Diet Coke, then I put it on the rocks, now I drink it neat, like you should. It burns like a fire of Hades going down, but it makes you tough. So I want you to know that in that moment when Joan from Mad Men kicked it to me and said, uh, can I get you a drink? The first thing to leave my mouth, I swear to God, was, yeah, I'll take a Gentleman Jack, neat. Do you understand what a perfect order that is? Let me run you through it. Let me run you through it. A Gentleman Jack, that's like a mid-shelf, but like high level. That's like, yeah, I know you're making it, but I'm not going to bleed you dry. Like, that's amazing. And then on top of that, like, it's, it's neat. It's neat. Like, yeah, I can handle it. Bring it on. You know, like, it's neat. And then to add to that, it's not like, if you're hanging out Potentially, you don't know, with a member of the cast, cast of Mad Men, you can't, you can't order, like, thank God I didn't train myself to drink vodka. You can't order, like, a clear or, or pink-hued alcohol. You have to get a brown liquor. You understand? You have to get a liquor that implies a skinny tie. You have to have a liquor that you could put directly on a credenza. And that is what I ordered. I've never been proud of myself in my entire life. Oh, man. Oh, put your hands together. You're already doing that. Do you see why that... Isn't that kind of amazing? As a, like, as a title, I'm not upset about it. Uh, good job, us. Um, well, listen, your first comic, uh, besides myself tonight, is a real treat. We're so happy to have him here. He's actually... He's running his Tonight Show set, so you guys can feel free to uh, be really stoked on that, because that's awesome. He's going to be taping that on Thursday. And uh, let's hear right now for Anthony Jeselnik, guys. Get up for Anthony Jeselnik. part of the podcast. I'm not, I said no to that. I'm going to be on Leno. Which <laughs> is like a podcast for old people. So we're good, we're good to go. So Anthony Jeselnik stopped by. And what are you, you're prepping for something right now. I'm doing the Tonight Show on Thursday night, so I'm trying to run my five minutes to get it down and get it tight. So people from the Tonight Show are coming to see me. And I've got to, They're coming here? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. That's amazing. So I'm happy weird. for you. So weird, thank you. So thank how you. many more sets before Thursday will you try and catch? I'm just going to do this one and then one more. I, yeah. don't, I don't care that much. Yeah. Like, I'm just what, like, oh, I don't let me Don't let me bring the idea for you to do more than those sets. Yeah. That's perfect. No, I ran it a little bit before the new year. Yeah. Now, 
No. So I think awesome. I have it. Yes, you do. Also, you have a sick leather jacket on. Thank you. I just got this from my TV show. Oh, I've got to yeah. break it in a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I got a new one for Christmas, and I'm yeah. feeling like it's stressful to go through the initial break-in process. It is, because you know, you're worried it's not going to turn out well. You're like, what if I what if I get six months later, this jacket sucks? Also, like a new leather jacket looks kind of, you look like an asshole yeah. for like a minute, and then... You look like a mannequin who came alive. <laughs> yes, yeah. you do. It's not good. Well, listen, have an awesome time. Thanks for Thanks, and good luck with the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for stopping by. Yes, keep it going for Anthony Jeselnik, guys. Very fun, very fun start to the show. Happy about it, specifically impressed with your pants. What's going on with those cool things? You have, uh, those are paisley, right? Yeah. How's your, uh, how's your 2013 going? Oh my God, thank you so much for asking. Oh, you're so polite. Uh... You know what? It's going pretty well. I went home to uh, Chicago for like a minute for, for Christmas, and that was uh, strange at first and then really great. So how... Does it... I felt like I didn't... I felt like I answered longer. Because you, you just said, good, how are you? Which is how humans talk to each other. And I was like, my mom was all... I don't know. Uh, this is tall. I don't know why this is so tall. Watch this. This is hilarious. This is a, a really funny visual joke for the podcast. Guys, we got a great comic coming up next. He is a former Chicagoan himself. In fact, we did a show together on that exact trip I am talking about, which is a real treat always uh, because he, uh, hey, you know him, you love him. Like, I know you do. I know you already know him and love him. But there's no, you can always know him and love him more. He's that kind of guy. Uh, so this year he had Whiskey Icarus come out. That was a huge deal for him, Comedy Central. Let's hear it right now for Kyle Kinane, guys. Go to for Kyle Kinane. Keep it going for Cameron, you guys. All right. Yeah, 2013, starting it off with stuff. I don't know. I, uh, uh, first, uh, with humility, decided... I, I got a, bl- a blood test results back the same day I decided to start an OK Cupid profile. <laughs> Which is a weird... That's just the day you realize, oh, I have more in common with type 2 diabetes than I do with single ladies of Los Angeles. <laughs> it's a depressing moment, like, frequent urination and itchy skin, you bet. Likes to boogie board, no thanks. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's see what the future holds for that move. Um, I was back, uh, as Cameron said, for the holidays... And it's, it's weird. Like, I, I go back with my family. My, like, my mom laments the fact that there's no... She doesn't think there's any traditions in our family anymore. She, you know, she wants us, like, I don't know if she wants costumes or what. So that we don't have one determined ethnicity to go to for it. But I, she just, she's just thinking in traditional terms of what a tradition is. I have a tradition. You know, I cannot enjoy a holiday meal unless my uncle says something nonsensically racist for no reason. That is my tradition. I can get to the end of an entire Pyrex dish of some kind of broccoli cheese monstrosity and just be like, well, it's missing. I don't know if there's not enough breadcrumbs or something, but it just doesn't taste right. There's just something missing. And from the other room, just, just for no reason, just here, just something barked out of my uncle's mouth like, you put one more bumper sticker on your car, people are going to think you're Puerto Rican. And I'm like, that's the stuff 
There we go. Delicious. Get around the rim. That's not a stand. That doesn't make any sense. You have Puerto Ricans in her bumper stickers. What? You crazy old man. He does. One, one year we thought that we'd wear a... Like, the, the, it's a small family. I thought it'd be cute to uh, wear pajamas to the, to the Christmas Eve dinner. That's a big one. And it was like, that was the consensus. Was like, what if we just wear pajamas? Everybody eats so much, and you just get so full. And what if you just wear... You just be comfortable. Which is like an adorable acknowledgement of what lazy fat asses my family is. Like, let's just wear the clothes we'll sleep in to the food part of the day. Let's do that. And then, Deb, if you could serve the food on pillows, just do that so when we can just pass out face first, we won't chip a tooth on the nice plates. But that's what people did. So, like, you know, family's walking in the house, I got the door, and everybody's coming in their pajamas, except for my uncle, who was in his trademark Cabela's hunting jacket, which is, which is safety orange on the inside for some reason. <laughs> And his, his white Lee jeans, you know, light blue Lee jeans, you know, brings up the rest of the family, just walks in going, looks like a bunch of goddamn Pakistanis walking down the street. And I laughed because that makes no sense. How? How, you crazy weirdo? Pakistanis love flannel pajamas with snowmen on them, you fucking psychopath. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They're like, they're not... They're not right. They're just, they're misunderstood. They're misunderstood people. Like, I, twice a year growing up, a bowl of Brazil nuts would show up in my house. <laughs> and that showed up for the only reason that my mom wanted to tell us what they used to call those back in the day. <laughs> my mother's not a racist woman, she is a saint. But that was a word that they said when they were little, and then it, all of a sudden it's really bad. And you just forced Tourette's on the OCD portion of that generation. You took away what that's... All, let's all, like, we know that you cannot say faggot now. We know it's a hateful word. But when we were little kids, everybody was saying it. You just didn't realize what the implications of that word were. when you. That's what that word was to them. So this Tourette's has now been put upon my mother in her only way to alleviate that itch you can't scratch was by buying Brazil nuts and just waiting for somebody to be in the room at the same time and her just going, do you know what, can you believe what we used to call it? It's the point where me and my sister are like, don't say it. We know, we know. Don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Eventually it became mine and my sister's task to eat all the Brazil nuts before my mom would get home. And I think we started seeing more and more get there, too, because eventually, like, just a five-pound, you know, that shit probably cost $70, but it's her and I, like, we gotta eat all these fucking nigger toes. Oh, damn it, damn it, don't, damn it. She got us, she got us! I, uh, I've been, I don't know. I don't know if it's wonder or senility. I don't know where pillows come from. <laughs> Well, I know, I know where my, uh, I know where pillows come from a factory. Probably a very fun factory, pillow factory. Break time, pillow fight. I don't know where my pillows come from. I have six pillows. I moved to Los Angeles in 2003 with one pillow. I still have that pillow. There are just five more now. 
I have no idea where they've come from. If you're a single man, ask yourself where your pillows came from. You can't answer that. You don't know. And I did, I did my bed laundry, linens, if you're classy. Uh, and I saw my pillows for the first time in a while. Holy shit. What is happening to those? Don't look at your pillow. Mine are just... It's, it's, just, it's just this patina of, of just dark marks and sepia tone. It looks like a crudely drawn map of the new world. You know, like people weren't quite sure what the shapes were. And there's just an area of like, here be monsters. You know, like nobody knew what it was. And whatever caused that was, came out of my face. Came out of my face and my head holes at night. At night, when you think things are safe and you're in dreamland, your face, uh, your head is just emitting these fluids, just, just this letting, uh, the, just whatever it is. It looks, like, it looks like an old crime scene photo of a cold case, you know? It's disgusting. Let's get, the, get those pillowcases done first. Resheath those. Don't ever look at that. Can't even look at them. Just like, Oh, sir. <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been traveling a bunch. Sometimes the best thing to do is just, you just shut your mouth and just listen. Just listen. Listen to nature. Let it, let it get into you. I got to hear this in Las Vegas. You know, nature. Uh, I heard this not too long ago on the casino floor. A man said this. He said, uh, he said Yeah, the dead dumb Toby Keith bar and grill for starters. <laughs> As a sentence that came out of a man. He, he was marching around the, uh, the casino floor, uh, and he looked frustrated, but, but familiar with that. Like, 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 he wore frustration with comfort, you understand? Like, that was his default emotion to deal with most things in the world, was just a furrowed brow and a, well, why come, you know? <laughs> he, he was holding the hand of a young lady, uh, not in a gesture that would say, I love and cherish the years we've spent together, and I look forward to what the future holds, but much more, mu in a much more tense fashion, that the, the, the emotion was much more like, no, Cheryl Ann, we got Quiznos at home! You know, it was like... <laughs> and uh, an employee of the casino came by uh, to address this. He said, uh, can I help you find something? Which is what, just the bellowing of, yeah, the dead gum Toby Keith bar and grill for starters came out. It was right there. It's like somebody asked me where, somebody asked me if, I, if they can help me find something. There it is, boom. And I was mystified. I learned so much from that sentence because first, he said dad gum. A human being in 2012 said the words dad gum as an adjective, as a descriptive word, not, not since Yosemite Sam on a mud flap have I even used it seen it used that way, dadgum. As a noun, I get it. Would you like some dadgum? What, like juicy fruit? Sure, I'd love some. I, get, I understand it as a noun. I understand it. But as an adjective, what would you describe something effectively as being a dadgum this and that? Well, only the most perfect thing, the Toby Keith Bar and Grill. I did not know that Toby Keith had a bar and grill. I did not know that that food could be xenophobic, but if somebody can do it, it's Toby Keith. These fries taste weird. Yeah, they hate Chinese people for some reason, but they're not really sure. 
I learned that to, it's, it's actually not Toby Keith's Bar and It's actually called a Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Grill. That's the name of a business in America. Toby Keith's first person, possessive apostrophe S, and then his emotions towards his own bar and grill. I don't know how that, I don't know if his business managers got him like, Toby, listen, we want to talk to you about some new business opportunities. I love this bar and grill! We know. This is the only time you don't come into the office. We can only meet you here when you're eating ribs. We're thinking about what if you had your own bar and grill? Who? You. Toby Keith? Yes. That's me. I know. Would you like a bar and grill? I love this bar and grill. Fuck it. Put it on the paper. I'm not dealing with this asshole. No, just like he said it, Toby Keith, I love this bar and grill. These shitheads will find it. And then the man concluded a statement for starters. I don't think he meant appetizers. I just think he meant this was the first in a long list of things that was confounding him in the cultural mecca of Las Vegas. I'm sure like up next was, uh, was like, then I want to see that Eiffel Tower, but I don't want to see it on my own terms as an American with all them French queers running around and screwing it up. But I left. I couldn't handle it anymore. So that's out there. Enjoy that. I gotta go. Thanks for listening. <laughs> such a hero like he's such he's such a comics hero and 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 an amazing dude offstage also like a, like a super sweet dude uh also we when we were uh doing the lincoln lodge in chicago illinois not long ago his mom comes to that show which is like amazing do you can you guys even imagine how awesome kyle canane's mom is she's like she's that aw- she's a silver hand pistol you know she's that awesome she's awesome so that was a treat i like checking in with her yearly at that show. How you doing? How you doing, Cal Can- I don't even know her first name. I just call her Cal Canane's mom. <laughs> uh, guys, we have a great treat. So I've, I've been here in, in L.A. not very long. This dude, he's been here for seven months. and um, Well, he's been on Conan before, and then he moved down here, and, and he's just been murdering. And I love him so much. I love, I love his stuff, and I know you guys are, are going to love him, too. Let's hear right now for Ron Funches, guys. Give it up for Ron. <laughs> show so far. I'm loving it. I did recently move here. I do enjoy it very much. I found a place I really enjoy. It has one quirk. That being, if I look outside my bedroom window into the apartment complex next door at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll see a naked Hispanic child (laughs) dancing his heart out (laughs) to today's pop hits. (laughs) Every day. And I'm disgusted. that I can only watch him for five minutes 
without feeling like a pervert. Because I could watch that cinnamon angel all day. been a great year for me. I completed my marriage. That's wonderful. <laughs> I get to be creepy to other women again, and I enjoy that. I had a very good non-threatening run going of being a great listener, cuddly, non-threatening like a teddy bear. <laughs> and everybody loves a teddy bear. Nobody likes a teddy bear with a raging boner. <laughs> Visualize it. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening at home in podcast form, just take a moment, close your eyes. <laughs> Visualize me as a bear with a giant boner. Am I a brown bear? I'd prefer it if you made me a panda. to date and that's fun because I like to find new people that will hopefully make me a better person. Make me stop listening to music that calls women's bitches. <laughs> Which means I would need to get a whole new music collection. <laughs> Just someone that wants to help me be a better me. And who will also allow me to eat a plate of spaghetti off of her butt <laughs> Because she understands the duality of man. <laughs> I do listen to a lot of hip-hop music. It's hard to get your friends into it who don't already enjoy it. Because rappers make weird first impressions. One of my favoritest of songs starts off with the line and I probably fucked your bitch <laughs> that's a horrible way to introduce yourself to me <laughs> I guess I'll put this cheese plate back in the fridge <laughs> dinner party has taken a turn. (laughs) 
my favorite part about that line is it starts off with and. <laughs> Which means he has something much more salacious to say. <laughs> and they removed it from the song. It's probably something like, hey, DJ. I think it's about time they knew. I'm the one who started global warming. <laughs> and I probably fucked your bitch. <laughs> but let's deal with one situation at a time. <laughs> Ozone layer first. I always wanted to be a rapper. I cannot. I want to be one because they get to brag all the time. I want to brag. I got things I can brag about. I got immaculate calves. <laughs> now I know with this lumpy top, you wouldn't believe it. But it's a masterpiece down there. And I want to put that to a melody. <laughs> I try to live like a rapper, which is me getting very stoned and going to brunches all the time. <laughs> Trying to figure out which food item is the tastiest to eat. That is also the funnest word to say. The answer is edamame. You know it to be true. <laughs> I like hip hop so much, I've been working on some impressions of my favorite rappers <laughs> in situations I wish they were in. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is of my second favorite rapper, Gucci Mane. <laughs> when he is on an airplane flight to Grand Forks, North Dakota. <laughs> in the middle of January, <laughs> and he lands. But he has not dressed accurately for the weather. <laughs> Burr! <laughs> I think that's what he would say. <laughs> My second impression <laughs> is of my first favorite rapper, E-40, when he's at a public library trying to use the internet. And he's told his internet privileges have been suspended for the day. But ooh, I'm on the computer. <laughs> My third impression <laughs> is not hip-hop related, but it's my favorite. It's a Michael Jackson impersonation, specifically of the Smooth Criminal original video, extended cut <laughs> from four minutes and 32 seconds in. 
to four minutes and 42 seconds. <laughs> I'm sure we all remember that part. <laughs> so without further introduction. <laughs> doubted me. <laughs> I brought a clip. <laughs> so let's see if I nailed it. Thank you for your time. Awesome, Ron Funches. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You're doing two shows tonight. What else are you doing? I'm going to be at Holy Fuck at the Downtown Independent Theater. Which is a great show. It is a wonderful show. Eddie Pepitone will be there. Oh, rad. I'm excited about it. How long have you been in L.A. now? I've been here I feel like I should know that. seven months. And you're crushing. I saw you on multiple... Best things that are currently happening in the world's lists, that which you should be on. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Well, I think we shared some of those. We same shared some lists. crushing lists. Yeah. So let's just enjoy each other's company <laughs> and the fact that we're both doing well. How does it feel to be here? I love it here. It's a great energy. Just work hard and just really surround yourself with great comedians. And that's my favorite part is learning from people that I've always looked up to. Yeah, of course. Because everybody's just here. Yeah. Like, they just live here as yeah. human people, which is nuts to... Talk to them all the time. I know. And so that, I guess that's weird. And then it becomes normal, and then you just keep it to yourself that you're very excited. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, man, uh, have a good set, and then a good second set. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, the clip to prove it! Ron Funches, guys! Guys, uh, this next comic, first of all, he has an album out on Comedy Central Records called MC Mr. Napkins, The Album. But more importantly, in my life and yours, his was the show I was at where I met Christina Hendricks. <laughs> so I think we should all give him a wild round of applause for making uh, my dreams and hers come true. Uh, let's hear it right now, guys, for Zach Sherwin. Give it up for Zach. <laughs> Hey guys, I was there the night it happened and that was an accurate rendering of what went down. And I'm glad she brought it up because I was going to say it, but this way I don't have to use any of my stage time to address it. Um, I'll tell you guys a crazy thing. Uh, the baseball player Ken Griffey Jr. has an autobiography and the title of it is Griffey on Griffey. <laughs> And the crazy thing is that it's not called autobiography, I think, is the crazy part of that story. Um, Ron, your last fantastic performer was talking a lot about rap music, and I just want to get a little bit of a feel for the room. Hip-hop fans in the place to be, make some noise. 
Uh, great. Um, I'm going to do some raps for you guys. So, uh, judging by that response, this is going to be a bloodbath. Um, I'm ready, Jimmy. Drop that first beat. And I probably fucked your bitch. <laughs> All right, here we go. Dating is truly of interest to me. I love passion and intimacy and sex and companionship. But all too often I have to abandon ship. Cause right now, I don't want anything serious. I'm focusing on my career. And plus, I'll admit it, I can get a little bit skittish when it comes to commitment. But the last girl I dated was different. I didn't pull away or get distant. And the reason I didn't hesitate or get freaked is cause on the first date, she told me she was moving away in eight weeks. So there was no pressure. I knew we both knew it wasn't forever. And I didn't feel like a deer in the headlights. And I was like this would be a great dating website even if you're moving soon you can still get your grooving on up until you're gone you could be using movingsoon.com it's amazing and great for a temporary partner to makeshift mate movingsoon.com dating with an expiration date it's moving soon with a hyphen, moving-soon.com. A guy in Connecticut named Chuck Scott owns the unhyphenated version, and he told me he would only sell it for, quote, the price of a high-end luxury SUV. But I like that dash. It's like a reminder not to let your hopes get dashed to bits. Even though you're going to dash and split, you don't throw your love life in the trash and quit. Truth is, knowing that it's only going to last a bit can make a love affair even more passionate. And even if you're not relocating and you just want a low-key stilo of dating, you're still welcome to participate. Like how non-Jews can use J-Date. Yo, even if you're scooching soon, you can still get your smooching on. Up until the minute you're gone, you could be using MovingSoon.com. Don't be patient and wait till you skate to begin embracing. Embracing your fate, not to mention embracing your Kate or your Nate. Gay or straight, movingsoon.com, dating with an expiration date. Better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. And parting is such sweet sorrow, so let's fall in the back of my U-Haul. That TikTok ticking clock will make you feel so moved. And then you'll move. It's movingsoon.com with a hyphen. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thank you. I really do want to develop that website, so if anyone in the crowd is a tech-savvy angel investor, uh, let's really talk after the show. Um, I've been into hip-hop for a long time, and one of my favorite rappers is Nas. Um, part of, yeah, for sure. Yeah, people who don't know who he is, you saw what just happened. Um, in 2004, he released a song called Virgo, that contains the, lyric, the, the following lyric. Nas says, I'm at the club scene where I met Miss Green Eyes. She walked by asking me, Are you Nas? Why? If you was, I'd be totally twy. What's that? Totally with it. T-W-I. Hmm. So, <laughs> I think the takeaway from this is as follows. If you have a piece of slang that you made up, and that you want to try to get people to start saying, the way you set it up is you write a song that has a fictional female character who explains it as thoroughly as you need her to. And then you kind of set that little bit of jargon out there on the current of pop culture. And if it catches the current, then great. You've got a what's the dillio on your hands or what have you. And if not, then at least you set it up and gave it the best chance it could have of being a thing. And it's kind of a good time for me to be thinking about this lyric because I actually have a, a phrase that I'm trying to coin uh, and I sort of gave it the Nas treatment. Uh, so here's the result. Let's do it, man. Uh, yo. 
I'm at the club scene where I met Miss Green Eyes. She says, I can tell by the size of your schnoz that you're Zach Sherwin, and I'm totally twy. I said, oh, you're a Nas fan also? That's great. We have so much in common. We're clearly soulmates who were fated to date. She said, hold up. Wait, I'm flattered. You're coming in too fast and hot, though. You need to be more legato gelato. I said, what? Legato gelato? That's a slang term whose meaning I do not know, but I'm intrigued by the sound of it. She said, well, let me break it down a bit. You might know the word legato if you've ever studied music before. If you see it written down on a musical score, then the composer is directing you to play or sing all the notes smoothly and connected to the others with no breaks in between. Now let me demonstrate a little bit and you can see what I mean. She's saying la, la, la. That's legato, not la, la, la. That's staccato, the opposite of what legato is. And don't tell me that you don't know what gelato is. I said, yes, I sure do. It's a dessert that you gotta keep ice cold in the freezer. And now I'm no longer dazed and confused. Now I think I understand the phrase that you use. Does it mean keep it chill? She said, yup. I said, thought so. Smooth and cool. Legato gelato. Once again, it's legato gelato. Smooth like legato. Cool like gelato. It's my new catchphrase. It's the new buzzword. It's my new motto. Legato gelato. And check this out. Take the word legato. Now take the L and the G and switch the two spots and look what you've got. Whoa, legato turns into gelato. I said, okay, I'm taking things slow and I get the lingo. Can I give you a ring? No, she said, I don't think so. You came on too strong. I felt smothered and I need a lover man who won't let me have the upper hand. I said, no, miss, you got it wrong. You're a character I made up for my legato gelato song. You don't exist if I don't imagine you. How about that for high status, boo? She said, damn, that was legato gelato. Way to step it up with that macho bravado. Take me home now, you wild stallion. But first do a victory lap rap as a finale, hun. I said, okay, I'm smooth and glossy and frosty as autumn in Oslo. When the temperature drops as low as the cost of shopping at Costco. Fluid is smooth and I'm keeping it cool like I'm eating a super gazpacho. Man, I do it legato with a scoop of gelato. Thanks, guys. Thank you, thank you. Um, my time's short, so I'm going to squeeze one last song in here. Jimmy, bring me in, man. Let's do it. Oh, my God, this beat. It's like a warm bath. <laughs> guys, if those vertebrae are in at all decent shape, don't be shy about back and forthing it a little bit on this one. Okay. I was a two-year-old toddler still sucking on my bottle when my parents got divorced. It was the pits like avocados. Pops hopped in his auto and he drove off full throttle. Only child, single mom, not many male role models. Not a lot of father figures once my pop duke split. So I had to swap him out and adopt a new pick. And my surrogate pops was hip-hop music. So now I don't call it rap. I call it pop music. Rap music was the father figure that raised me, so I say pop music because I feel as if I'm its son. My Uncle Alan said it off when he gave me two cassettes as Hanukkah gifts in 1991. Now one of those tapes was by Naughty by Nature. It's their self-titled debut record, Naughty by Nature. And there's a song on there called Ghetto Bastard about the absent father of Tretch, their lead rapper, where he says, I was one who never had and always mad, never knew my dad, motherfuck the fag. And using the word fag is not my bag, no, but dag, yo, that sentiment was powerful and aggro. Tretch also felt lost and alone, but unlike me, he was filled with testosterone, like Sylvester Stallone. And from then on, class was in session, I was basking in masculine rap lessons from men like Method, 
man and red, man and beanie, man and bird, man are the rugged, man lava dark, man and the sons of man and Paul Barr, man and father figures like Big Papa and Puff Daddy and Snoop the dog father and Kane the big daddy. Not crisscross, they were Daddy Mac and Mac Daddy, but Father MC and Trick Daddy. I learned about male bonding from the Wu Tang Killer Bees. Eminem showed me craftsmanship and productivity. LL taught me how to be smooth with the ladies. And I learned Jews could be dope MCs from the Beasties. And I also saw anger, violence, and misogyny. Cause your pops doesn't only impact you positively, but most importantly, I learned I wanted to be an MC. The Rap apple didn't fall far from the tree. The rapple. Yo, I never had a daddy rocking my cradle, but I had pop music to rock the stage and the microphone. Pop music raised me up like I was the roof. Not a boy from the hood, but these men from the hood brought me up from boyhood into manhood. Yo, so here's the epilogue. I was a college kid in Boston, and my friend at Tufts called me up when class started that autumn. And she said there was this concert at her school for Welcome Back, and Naughty by Nature was the headlining act. So I go to the show, and two-thirds of the way through, Tretch says, Okay, here's the deal, y'all. Every concert we do, we like to showcase local talent. So come on, Tufts. You know who your best rappers are. Send them on up. The next thing I know, I'm there on stage in a lineup. I waited in a panic, cued my best rhyme in my mind up, till KG, their DJ, he looked at me and pointed, and he dropped the instrumental. And guys, I destroyed it. Trent said, you blew up the place, and put his arm around me in what I can only describe as a fatherly embrace. And I felt a joy that can't be expressed as Trent pressed my old navy t-shirt against his bulletproof vest. Thank you guys, I'm Zach Sherwin. Have a great show. Thank you, Cameron. So, like, another thing that we're doing is we're sort of chatting to people before or during or after the show, if we can, like, chat them up a little. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing, first of all? I'm doing great. I'm really MC excited Mr. for this Napkins, show. Zach Sherwin. I'm not doing the MC Mr. Napkins thing. I. It's a new decision. Oh, that's. I like that. I actually think that's really a good call. Thanks. But tell me why. Well, it's a rap name that I had even before I started doing, like, comedy. I, I was saw you doing about. it, like, years ago in Boston when you had crazy long hair. Yeah. The mayor may not have been in pigtails. If it wasn't in it pigtails, was. there was the illusion of pigtails. It was like Princess Leia pigtails. Yes. <laughs> and so, it's, well, that hair is like a really, it's a perfect example. Like, when I started rapping and doing comedy, there was all these, like, props and bells and whistles that I had that were sort of part of the thing. Yeah. And then as I, like, I, I used to carry a boombox up on stage with me to drop my beats from. It right. was like a whole shebang. But as I've gone on, I've just been shedding that stuff. And I've had the name for a while. And I was thinking about it not too long ago. And I was like, you know, I think I've just outgrown this. I don't feel, I don't hate it. I yeah. just don't need it anymore. You know, I, I hear that. I mean, it's, and especially, with, especially with what's going on right now in terms of, especially old comedy. It's like the more honest, the more honest, the more everybody's moving towards like this ultimate honest place where you basically just... Like, if you could take a live shit on stage, you know what I mean? Like, if we could get there, then that would be perfect. So I get that, like, using your own name yeah, yeah. Is, a, is, like, a thing, you know? I mean... I, not I that it's dishonest, but... No, not at all. I mean, I definitely think it was, like, a character that I needed to get into earlier on. But I, I'm excited. It feels like it opens it up more. Like, yeah, I've you, done talking... you don't do oh, character God. stuff at all. No, no. Anymore. Like, like, it really feels more like it's just you. 
because yeah, the way you well, chat. thank you. And, like, I've done, like, talking head stuff on TV where I'm, like, making fun of celebrities and stuff. Yeah. And it'll say MC Mr. Napkins as, like, the identifying <laughs> title. And I'm like, it does, I would never do this in a rap, and I'm not rapping. That must be so confusing if you're watching that. So it's kind of a new decision that I'm really excited about. So the way I'm going to handle it is I'm writing a rap to kind of articulate, like, exactly my reasons for Perfect. making the decision. And then... I'm going to have to have my YouTube followers switch over to a new channel, Man. which is going to be a bit of a bummer. But well, you know they'll do that. YouTube followers are the so. easiest with the clicks. That's their Absolutely. whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, go get ready for the show. Okay, All right. Talk. Awesome. Guys, let's hear for Zach Sherwin. That show is Sunday nights at Tax Friends French Restaurant here in L.A., and you should go to that show because he has more beats that he uh, makes a drop. <laughs> Which is, which is cool. Which is a cool way to say that. Guys, how are you doing? Are you guys feeling all right? Are you feeling... It's been a great show so far. How many of you guys were here for Doug Loves Movies? Wow, so that's a lot of you. Like, a lot of you have been sitting in chairs watching jokes for, for a while. How are, is, are, you, are you still... Are you feeling good still? Like, is, how is your body? Are your bo- is, yeah, specific, you're, yeah, your body's a little rough. I understand. We're just... We're human people with bones and stuff. It gets... <laughs> We're not, we're not meant to listen to jokes, but we have minds as well. Like, we have the body and the mind, and so it's... And then I appreciate you guys holding strong, because look at you. Uh, you're doing a great job. You're really lifting the hard, the heavy things. You've, you've fantastic glasses on, and I just want you to know that. Round of applause for her glasses. They look very cute. And your specs, where'd you get those? Did you get those here in L.A.? Store, store, vintage, vintage store in Sherman Oaks. I, uh, I need some new spectacles myself, which, which is really true. Cause, uh, all right, all right, all right. Listen, I've never talked about this on stage before, but I feel like it's time for a short audience poll before we bring up our last two comics, uh, who are gonna come up separately. So, I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, uh, I got very drunk on whiskey, and my glasses fell off of my face onto the floor. Then my girlfriend is a sleepwalker. So she got up in the night and smashed them. It is her fault, am I correct? (laughs) I understand that technically she was asleep and I did drunkenly, when I say fall off my face, I think I actually went, I think I went, no, and then threw them up, you know. You know how you get to that one place in your life where you're just like, whatever, and you just get rowdy. That's not the rowdiest thing I've ever done on Too Much Whiskey. The rowdiest thing was with a previous girlfriend. Thank God, I think it's probably why it ended. Uh, one time I was a little bit intoxicated, and I threw, uh, I threw $1.75 at her, and I said, and then I threw her shoes at her. Okay, so I want you to know I threw $1.75 in her, and then at her shoes, and I said, go get me Doritos, you have everything you need! <laughs> Which didn't work out great for us, but guys, I don't know your lives and relationships. Try it! Try it! <laughs> we do have two final comics tonight, and they're both amazing. This next dude, he, you've, he's been to the Just for Laughs Festival, and he is, he's destroying here in L.A. as well. He's nailing it, and I'm, I'm really stoked he can make it to the show tonight. Guys, let's hear it for Gerard Carmichael. Give it up for Gerard. <laughs> Oh, more, more. There's still, you have it in you. You have it in you. 
absolutely her fault. She she smashed your eye crutches. And you gotta you gotta handle that. She's had way more girlfriends than I've had. I was like backstage kinda jealous. I was like, God damn, another girlfriend? Where are you finding these bitches? I uh I don't know. I, legato, uh, what is it, legato, gelato? To me, it's not a slang word until it's said after a nigga was murdered. <laughs> like somebody was shot down in cold blood and it was like, legato, gelato, motherfucker. That's a slang word. It's a great slang word. So, and it rhymes and, you know. I don't know. I haven't done, com- I don't know how comedy works anymore. I really, oh, God. You guys, I haven't, I was at home for Christmas. And, and it's so much, oh man, I'm glad to be back in LA where dreams exist. I'll tell you that. But let me tell you, we all left for a goddamn reason. And don't forget, Christmas is a time to remind you that you didn't want to work at FedEx. That's what Christmas is for. You go home, and then you have friends who celebrate what I consider complete bullshit. I'd rather you be unemployed doing open mics than being a shift manager at FedEx. Like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? And, and that's what Christmas is for. But I do have a really quick... I want to tell a, a quick... Uh, because I'm so far behind in jokes and comedy, and I haven't been here over the break, so the, my quick uh, uh, Christmas joke. Uh, you guys... Uh, uh, you guys, Christmas was great. Uh... Uh, I got my nephew a tickle me. Wait, you're 18, right? Elmo. <laughs> okay, all right. They got nothing. All right. Well, that's okay. Because what am I gonna do? I uh, I ran out of money completely. Isn't that funny how that could happen? That's where I am financially. I could just I could live comfortably and then just run out. Like I live one of those like those ESPN 30 for 30s every week of my life. <laughs> Like, Monday is all salmon, and then, like, by Wednesday is Subway coupons. And then by Friday, I'm visiting friends. Just to see what they have in the fridge. It's kind of sad. It's really sad. You could just run out of money. Uh, none of these... Is no, if you guys are looking for punchlines, then I really hope you enjoy the beginning of the show. And your next comic's going to have them. And uh, everybody around me is going to have... Okay, this is a thing. I don't know if it's going to make you guys not like me. I feel like we're off to a good start. Okay. First of all, I want to... I have to start this... I have to start this by saying that I support the troops. (laughs) And just keep that in mind. That I, that I just I support I thoroughly support the troops. Like I, I support the fuck out of the troops. They don't even make a, a bumper sticker aggressive enough for how much I I support. Just seriously, if I if I would like walking down the street and a troop dropped a dollar and another guy picked up the dollar, I would be like, hey, give that troop his goddamn dollar back. That's how much I support. Like I don't really know how you support the troops, but I imagine it's through trivial shit like that. I don't know. I, I say it a lot, and I watch a few good men like once a month, so I think that's supporting the troops. So I support the fuck out of the troops. Like, I'm really good like, at supporting... Like, if I worked at Subway, if I worked at Subway, and, like, and, a, and a troop came in, and he ordered double cheese, I wouldn't charge him the extra 25 cents. I'd just take the blow from my shift manager, Steve. Uh, but, but with that said, with that said, okay, so I have a little brother, and, and he is... Uh, my little brother uh, is in the reserves. 
and he, he was in the reserves, and then he uh, recently got out for, for Christmas out of his training, and, uh, and everything was going so great. I'm so proud of him, and he's doing something with his life, and, you know, and I was really happy for him, and we are talking about what he does, and then we start talking about entertainment, and, uh, and the conversation was great until he said that uh, Zero Dark Thirty wasn't an accurate depiction of how they got Bin Laden. And his words, he said it so arrogantly, he was like, yeah, we would have never done that. I was like, wait, who the fuck are we? You're in the pretend army. You're not even in the real, like, you're in the backup army. And then I went on to say things that I wrote down uh, that I'm really proud of. Uh, I said, uh, I said, okay, uh, okay, this is one of my favorite lines. I said, uh, Zero Dark Thirty was a real good movie. You're not even in the real army. Uh, okay, both the reserves and Zero Dark Thirty are only based on real life events. Uh, uh, you guys don't even get real bullets. Uh, uh, oh, this is one of my personal favorites. Uh, the reserves is essentially a flash mob and camouflage. <laughs> the thing that was really thank you, thank you. Uh, then I went on to say uh, that the reserves uh, were uh, basically a master P music video. Uh, then I went on to say <laughs> this is the part where you're not going to like me. The thing that I, the line that I thought at the time was great really great and this is where you all are going to get off board uh, there's no danger in the reserves more people have been murdered in movie theaters than the reserves in the past year well I mean you, but you gotta say it though it's after a break for Christ's sake <laughs> and that's it for that bit part of the unless Unless, uh, unless you guys have some really funny shit on reserves that I can write down. That would be great. Being a parent is just so fucking arrogant. And then just having kids. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? You're going to have a kid? Like, it's a, you, it, it, there's no way you could have a kid and not have a God complex. That's a sense that you, that you have a kid. You want to have a kid. You want to raise them because you're going to raise them to be perfect like you. It's, it's like basically, you know, having a kid's like, it's like, you ever played a video game, The Sims? It's like that, but only after six months you realize you can't turn it off and you get really frustrated. No? Okay. I'm just too young. I'm, I'm too young to not view children as a consequence. Does that make sense? Like, to me, there's no difference between having a child and contracting herpes. It's pretty much the same thing. Like, either way, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, there's some shit I'm going to have to deal with. And I'm going to have to lie about if I want to have sex again. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Hey, isn't it funny that if Jay-Z came to your grandfather's funeral, everybody would just stop giving a fuck about your grandfather? Funny. Isn't that a funny thing. Just picture it. Just picture that. You, if you think you would give a fuck about your grandfather, think, picture this. In a coffin lies a man who fought in two wars and raised a family 
and was great to his grandchildren and went through a struggle and all types of like, you know, social movements and then directly diagonal from that and a Yankees fitted cap is Hove. Who gives a fuck about your grandfather anymore? It's Hove. Oh, another Jay-Z thought. I gotta go. I was thinking about, it's like, you know the, the, the saying, like, you know, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? That saying becomes a legitimate question if you happen to grow up with Jay-Z. Because he's so goddamn cool. It's like, you know, like my mom would be like, I mean, that Jay-Z, that young Sean is so cool. If he jumped off a bridge, it's obviously something there. Okay. Should I? What, okay, I gotta leave. Okay. I wanna. Is there a way to do background checks on. Yeah, okay. I just had to start where I, I wanna do like. I wanna know personal information about everybody. Like, if I knew somebody worked at the CIA, I wouldn't use it for anything bad. I would just use it for like trivial shit. You know? Like, just regular. Like, I don't know. I use it to get like free. Like, a free milkshake or something like you know i would just go and the guy at the cash register was like oh you don't want to give it to me for free what would your daughter emily think about this like, what the fuck do you know about my daughter okay uh, oh okay i don't know okay i really do but if do do people think <laughs> i'm saying it like it's a monologue <laughs> but do people think like like ignoring people began with cell phones like, people were ignoring people long before cell phones. Like, 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 stop looking at those sheep and listen to me is a real thing that Jesus probably said. <laughs> but, uh, goodbye, everybody. Guys, let's hear it for Gerard Carmichael. We do have your headliner coming up next. Before that, uh, we had a special drop-in that wanted to do one impersonation for you guys. Do you, are you, is that okay? Can we do one impersonation? Uh, guys, please put your hands together for Bob Odenkirk. Let's hear it for Bob. I don't usually do impersonations, but... Uh, this is a, I think it's pretty spot on. So. <laughs> See if you can guess who I'm doing. I'll tell you after I do it. <clears throat> Aruba, Jamaica. Bermuda, Bahamas. Key Largo, Montego, It's one of the Beach Boys. Doing a concert. Guys, Bob Odenkirk, one more time for him. And your final comic of the night, I'm not going to make you or he wait any longer. He is an amazing comic and, and such a nice dude, and, and I know you love him. Let's hear it right now for Steve Agee, guys. Give it up for Steve Agee. Come on. This is the year I die. 
I just, I feel it. And I wish I could say I was joking, but I feel like I'm going to die this year. If I don't die this year, it'd be like, oh, he's just a fucking dark comedian. But if I fucking do die this year, it's like, that dude fucking called it in January. He's fucking got, he had a gift. I, one of my, uh, I'm obsessed with death lately, and one of my biggest fears I was telling a friend is, I'm single, I'm, I'm going to be 44 in a month, I'm single, I live in an apartment, my biggest fear is dying, and then just fucking nobody finding out for like two weeks, and the only reason they find out is because my neighbor's like, what the fuck smells? I told a friend about this, and she's like, the Japanese have a word for that. I was like, of course they do. It's kodakushi. Look it up. Kodakushi. And it translates to lonely death. <laughs> there's, there's a word for it because it's so common in Japan. That's fucking depressing. It's a... It's a if, if you look it up online, it's not even common. They, they say it's a problem in Japan. People dying alone and then basically dissolving where, where they've died, just, fuck, oh, I, my heart, oh. oh, fuck it, I'm dead. And then weeks go by where they time-lapse, if it was time-lapse, they would just dissolve into the floor, and their body juices, because your body's kind of acidic, leave a fucking stain. There's fucking stains all over Japan of dead people. I don't want it would be crazy if I went to Japan and died of Kodakushi because I'm like six foot six. Like everyone there's like five five. If someone dies there, they're like, oh fuck. Well, we don't know who it is because they're melted into the floor. Like if I died and they fucking came into a hotel, they'd be like, what the fuck happened? Fucking Godzilla died in here. Like I'm six six. I, uh, I went to a, a holiday party at a friend's house, and um, uh, I got there a little bit early, and my friend and his wife had just given their two-year-old son a bath because they were going to put him down for the party. They weren't going to kill him. <laughs> it wasn't one of those kinds of parties. They were going to put him to sleep. They were going to put him to bed for the party. So they'd just given their two-year-old a bath, and he was really excited because there were strangers that were starting to arrive, and so he was really hyper and like running around the living room just like showing off because there's strangers there and he's buck naked. And at one point, this little two-year-old naked kid is sprinting across the living room floor and takes a huge shit <laughs> while he was running, which is fucking insane to see. That's not something you see often. And as soon as it hit the floor, he stopped and like look back at what he had just done and then start looking at all these strangers their mouths gaping open and he started to bawl yeah that's what everyone else at the party was doing they were like going oh they felt sorry for him so they were trying to make him feel better like come to his aid they're like Billy don't worry about it what that don't worry about it it's okay Billy that's okay Billy no no it's okay I was the fucking only person in this party going, that is not okay. You got 
I see shit on the fucking living room floor. That's not okay. What the fuck are you people thinking? That's not okay, Billy. No! And like... <laughs> I swear, and his dad got pissed, and he like grabs me, and he like pulls me into the kitchen. He's like, "Steve, what are you doing? You can't say that to my kid. He's young and impressionable. You'll embarrass him." I was like, "Yeah, that's what keeps people from shitting on the floor. <laughs> Embarrassment. That's why I don't shit on the floor. I would love to shit on the floor once in a while. How fucking awesome would that be? If I was standing up here right now and like." tried to fart or something and like I shit myself and somehow it worked its way out my pant leg onto the floor and nobody not one person in here went what no fucking gross no or like no one ran out or even went pu if there was no reaction in my head I'd just be looking at it going well I'm gonna do this all the time now Speaking of little kids, my friend backstage told me, his six-year-old son told him a joke because he's, he's like, I'm going to go see my friend do stand-up tonight. And his little six-year-old is like, I'm a comedian. And he's like, I have a joke. And the little kid goes, what's this? <laughs> he goes, I don't know. And he goes, it's just a smaller version of this. <laughs> it is. This is a smaller version of this. That's going to be a great joke for the podcast. <laughs> I should just do all visual jokes and really fuck this thing up, the maiden voyage. Hey, you guys, check this out. I know, right? That's fucking crazy. <laughs> no, for those people at home, I just encourage the audience to laugh for no reason. Um, I, uh, I, I, um, I tried to go to him. Uh, this is a while back. I went to see Looper. And I uh, tried to coordinate the whole thing with my best friend. We're like, last minute, like, let's go see Looper. And uh, so I get to the theater, buy my tickets. Like five minutes before the film starts, my friend texts me. He's like, eh, I'm not feeling it, dude. I'm going to bail. I was like, oh, come on, man. I, and I was like really mad. And so I texted him back and I just wrote, you are a fat cunt. <laughs> and as I hit send, it autocorrected, you are a fat Claire. And I was like, no! And it went out there. <laughs> and I was really disturbed for a number of reasons. First of all, those two words only have one letter in common. <laughs> See, only one letter in common. I was like, well, that's fucking weird. And I was losing sleep at night. Like, how? why would it say that? That's crazy. And then the other night I was in bed and I was like, it hit me. I was like, I think I, I, think I figured this one out. There was probably a guy at Apple around the time they were programming the iPhones, <laughs> who had a girlfriend named Claire. <laughs> and in my head, the story goes, Claire cheated on this guy. And he was really upset. And so one day, like the day after he finds out, he's at work at Apple programming the iPhones. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. Guess what, Claire? Every time someone writes cunt, it's going to say, did you mean Claire? <laughs> LOL, sin. I don't know if that's how they program iPhones. <laughs> Another good one for the podcast. Um, uh, okay, I'll end with this one. Uh, I, when I was in college, me and my best friend were uh, sitting in my apartment, and we were really high one day, every day. But this one day, we were really high... <laughs> 
and uh, we're sitting around. This is 1990. 1990. And we're sitting around my apartment, just stone, and we're trying to remember the name of the actress who played uh, the the receptionist in Ghostbusters. And we were high, and we were like, uh, and it was that thing for like half an hour. We're like, oh, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Don't say it. Uh, uh, and and this was also before the internet. Like, if we wanted to know, we would have had to get in a car and drive to a Blockbuster video, rent a VHS, come back, fast forward to the credits at the end, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, of course. But we were high, and we weren't going to do that. So after a while, after like half an hour, my friend just, this was really weird, because it was just weird. Out of nowhere, he just goes, fuck it, I'm going to make soup. And he went in my kitchen, and like nobody ever cooked in my place, so I was like, that was weird. And uh, a few minutes later, I hear him digging around in the kitchen, and uh, he goes, uh, a second later, he goes, hey, man, do you have any pots? And I go, yeah, good call, man. Good call. Because her name was Annie Potts, the actress. And he walks out, and we were both, like, so amazed. We're, like, fucking shaking. We were, like, high and, like, what the fuck was that, dude? How did that fucking happen? What are the... Like, we were terrified. And, like... Like, I try telling me there's no God after hearing that fucking story. If you ever saw Magnolia, you know, you know, in the beginning of the movie, there's, like, three little vignettes where, like, the, the theme is, like, this is more than a coincidence. Our fucking story could have been in Magnolia. Like, I picture, like, God up in heaven going, Oh, you fucking idiots! It's Annie Potts! It's fucking Annie Potts! This is the night everyone knew Annie Potts. They're like, just say it! Oh, fuck, I can't... I have other people to help, but I can't because I'm invested in this high bullshit. Um, what am I going to do? Uh, I'll, I'll make the little one crave soup. And uh, then I'll hide the fat guy's pots. And then I'm going to invent the internet because I don't have time for this incidental bullshit. That's how we got IMDb, you guys. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Cameron! Guys, keep it going for Steve Agee. And in fact, that is actually our first show. You guys were such an amazing audience. Thank you so much for being here. And to Anthony Jeselnik and Kyle Kinane and Ron Funches and Zach Sherwin and Gerard Carmichael. Also, weirdly, Bob Odenkirk for a second. Uh, and Mr. Steve Agee. Guys, I'm Cameron Esposito. This is Put Your Hands Together. We are at UCB in Los Angeles every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Please come and see a show. We will see you soon. Do I need to talk more until the music comes? I can make more talking come out of my face. What if that's the end of the... Oh, yeah. This is our theme song. This uh, DJ Doug Pound made it, and it's pretty good. Yeah, so you should definitely put your hands together in a literal way. Guys, thank you so much. See you soon. Hey, 
this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.